0: Back in the days before caller ID and cell phones reigned supreme, a young woman answered her telephone to hear the repentant voice of a young man. Oh, darling, I'm so sorry. I have thought things over, and you can have the Rolls Royce as a wedding gift. We will move to the Gold Coast. And yes, your mother can stay with us. now. please, darling, now will you marry me? And the young woman replied, of course I will. And then she added, and who is this speaking? (laughs) In today's second lesson, St. Paul is speaking. And he is speaking about something even more amazing than that telephone call. Something that is a fundamental of the Christian faith, a Christian basic, that if you hold on to it, and you let it hold on to you, will allow you to live life to the fullest, even despite life's inevitable setbacks, and failures, and struggles. Do you know what this fundamental of the Christian faith is? Hmm... Well, Paul, in today's second lesson, is speaking to the church in Corinth. That's who he's writing to. It's the first century, Corinth, Greece. And this church is a church that had a lot of problems. One of the problems they were facing was the challenge of rival spiritual teachers. And St. Paul defends his ministry, not by boasting of his accomplishments, or revealing the juicy details of a mystical experience he had with God. But instead, St. Paul defends his ministry by boasting of his weakness. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Therefore, I am content. With weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities for the sake of Christ. For whenever I am weak, then I am strong. When's the last time that thought went through your mind? Whenever I am weak, then I am strong. Paul was only able to say something like that because he had learned to embrace The power of grace. Paul can only say that because he had learned to embrace the power of grace. Turn to somebody, look around and say grace. Grace. And in this letter, St. Paul reveals to the Corinthians that he had a thorn in the flesh. Ow! Now we don't actually know exactly what this thorn in the flesh was. Maybe it was a chronic health condition. Maybe it was some sort of thing he dealt with mentally. We don't exactly know what he was dealing with with his thorn in the flesh. But we do know what the apostle said about it. Again, back to Corinthians. Three times I appealed to the Lord about this, that it would leave me. But God said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. My grace is sufficient for you. Let's say that together. My grace is sufficient for you. Grace is fundamental to the Christian life. If you're trying to be a Christian, you're trying to live in the world, and you're not doing the grace thing, well, you're missing the whole point. It is fundamental to the Christian life. Don't live life without it. The essential of grace. One writer tells us this. Our English word grace comes from the Greek word charis, which means unmerited favor or gift. Something you get that you don't deserve. Grace is what frees you and I from the power of sin and brings us into a relationship with God in this life and in the life to come. This is Jesus' work on the cross and his resurrection from the tomb. This saving grace then sort of spills out, if you will, overflows into all these other smaller graces, sort of like spiritual rain, falling down upon you, giving you Holy Spirit help and power, even now in this life. Washing your face with hope, cleansing your heart with forgiveness, Quenching your spiritual thirst with love. Paul learned to the school of hard knocks that grace was sufficient for his weakness and for his struggles, and boy, did he have a lot of struggles. Beatings, shipwrecks, calamities, persecutions, as well as his thorn in his flesh. And yet, despite all that, Paul learned to live with his hands open to receive the grace from above An elementary school teacher noticed that one of her third graders was wearing a fit bit watch and the teacher said, "Are you are you tracing your steps?" And the little girl said, "No. I wear this for Mommy so she can show Daddy when he gets home." Grace is kind of like that. You get credit for steps You didn't take Now remember, always, always, don't just feel your faith. Think your faith. So think about grace like this. When you look into the eyes of someone that you love, whatever the kind of relationship it is, and you realize that they love you back, that is like experiencing the grace of God. In fact, that probably is a grace from God. Or when you hold your newborn child, a fresh new life that's just come into the world, or whatever, you're holding a baby, and you see that, especially if you have some responsibility for this child. That's not only life experiencing the grace of God, it is the grace of God. And when the stuff has hit the fan, and you're having a terrible day, But then that phone call comes from a friend. And you know it's awful, you know it's typical. but then because of that phone call, you say, I'm going to get through this, I will get to the other side, there will be a better day. That is like experiencing the grace of God. And indeed, yes, in that situation, there probably was a grace from God, that phone call. And in dark moments like that, you have the opportunity to learn the truth of God's words to St. Paul in a way you never will on your best day. You'll never learn many things about life on your best day or about the faith, but on the day that is not so good. These words you'll be able to learn on those dark days. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. My grace is sufficient for you. My grace is sufficient for you. Let's say that together. My grace is sufficient for you. If you've ever experienced God's grace during a difficult time in your life, raise your hand and say amen. I see lots of hands. Lots of hands. Grace is sometimes the only lantern of hope in a dark world. That's it. Everything else in your life is black with this little lantern flickering. That's the grace of God. Walk toward it. Grace is a gift. Life is a gift. Now, you can spend your precious time on earth keeping a careful account of what everybody owes you and what people think to you and how life is unfair and why did they get that. Sure, you can do that. Or you can live life by grace and receive that grace and give it away to others. kingdom living. That's grace-based living. That's the disciples' life. That is living a life that is truly free. And on the 4th of July, we give thanks for the freedoms that we enjoy as American citizens, as we recall our founding of nation, as we remember those who have given their lives in the service of this country. But as Christians, we look to God who offers us an even greater freedom, the freedom to live life by grace. One theologian tells us this, the Eucharist, the Mass, the Holy Communion, is one of the primary means of grace to use the classic language of theology. How many have heard language like that before? Raise your hand. Means of grace. Yes, I see a few hands. When you come to the altar this morning, whenever you come to the altar, you receive Holy Communion. And you lift up your hands. This is not just some pointless ritual. Okay, I'm going up and doing this. No, when you lift up your hands, you are lifting up to God all of your weakness. You're lifting up all of your pain. You're lifting up all of your struggles, all of your sin, and you're offering that up to God. And then in turn, you are receiving through the bread and the wine, grace, strength for the journey, forgiveness for your sins, and a fresh outburst. God's healing reign. Whether it's your worst day or your best day. Which is probably why on those days you don't feel like going to worship because life is busy or life is difficult. Often you should anyway. Just to receive that grace. That strength. That guidance. And now... For a participatory exercise. Are we ready? Participatory exercise. So lift your hands. Palms up like this. Everybody, as you're able. This is the posture of the disciple of Jesus. Hands open to receive the grace of God above. Hands open to give grace away. Okay. Now, close your hands. This is the posture of the human being who says, it's all up to me. I will give nothing away, the good and bad in my life. I will acknowledge no greater power than myself. I will accept no help. It's all up to me. All right. One final little exercise. Now I want you to close your hands, but I want you to do it as tightly as possible. Maybe it's even a little painful. Hold it. Hold that tight position. Hold it. Okay. Oh exhausting it must be to try to live life without grace. To have your mind and your heart and your life just closed tense like a fist. Closing everything off. How exhausting that's got to be. Do you know anyone like that? Have you known anyone like that? Have you ever found yourself venturing into that territory? My hand is raised. Now, you can choose to do that. You can choose to live life without grace. Go for it. But life is hard enough. It's already difficult. So why make it even harder on yourself? So choose to live your life by grace. The grace found in community, building spiritual friendships. The grace found in Holy Communion, worshiping weekly. And then all the little graces that God pours down upon you each and every day. In so many ways, if you have eyes to see Especially in prayer. Praying daily. Grace is amazing. It's cleansing. It's like spiritual rain. It's a fundamental of the faith. Don't live life about it, it's sufficient for your weakness. Keep your palms open in life. Live. By God's grace. Amen.